Happy Monday, everyone. This is Rob McDougall from Zank Financial here with your weekly economic update. Today is July 17th, 2023. Last week, a lot of really investor-friendly economic data came out. It was a great week for economic data. Uh, The focus last week, of course, as it always has been or has been for the last year for sure, on inflation and what the Federal Reserve might do in response. So last week, we had four metrics, four data points that came out on inflation, two related, uh, but they were all four across the board, uh, favorable and better than expectation. So last week, we had Consumer Price Index, CPI, month over month, year over year, that came out, CPI Core, PPI, Producer Price Index, and PPI Core, and again, all four of those 0.1% better than expectations. So on a year-over-year basis, CPI, which peaked last June at 9.1%, came in at 3.0%, which is the lowest level that we've seen in over a year and a half. So we'd like to take a victory lap on inflation. As we have been arguing strongly, you should expect it to go down just mechanically because energy prices uh, were were abnormally high a year and a half ago. That really led the run-up in inflation. And those energy prices have receded. So we're actually getting a a benefit of negative year-over-year comparables for energy prices. So we're not surprised. In fact, we've been calling for this movement in inflation. But from here on out, uh, I do think it's going to get a little bit tougher to improve. Again, last month, month of June, CPI of 3.0. It becomes a little stickier from here. Again, the Federal Reserve, we've talked about this, they target 2.0 as a reasonable level of inflation. That's based on the PCE, different indicator than CPI. But bottom line is on the CPI, for it to go much lower, we're really going to have to see a pullback in housing prices. Now, we've seen in some certain regions, we've been seeing rents come down a little bit, but it's not wide, it's not wholesale, and they are are historically sticky. They don't react right away to interest rates or changes in the economy. So uh, that level, the level that we're at in inflation right now, we think we're not going to get much better over the next few months. We'll see some decent month-over-month numbers, but I think most of the we've found most of the improvement that we're going to see over the next six months or so. So really good news on the inflation front last week, all four indicators. The last thing, University of Michigan, their consumer sentiment index, that came in much better than expected. So the expectation, the consensus was a slightly under 66 for that indicator. It came in at 72.6, which is the best level that we've seen since mid 2021. So inflation, consumer expectations, all good last week. In addition to that, uh, the or as a result of that, maybe the Atlanta Federal Reserve took up their expectation for second quarter GDP for the U.S. The week before, they were at 2.1% growth. They moved that up slightly to 2.3% growth, which again would be, I think, we think very solid growth. Uh, Inflation expectations uh, have not budged. In fact, they really have not moved in the last three months. Uh, The 10-year break-even, 10-year treasury minus 10-year tips, very flat over that time frame. Again, it's at 2.27%. So that's the expectation for inflation for the next 10 years. So Fed funds, what is the Federal Reserve going to do? Uh, They have a meeting next week, and on the 26th, they will give their rate announcement. 
pretty much a done deal that they will uh, increase by 25 basis points. Now, we're currently at a range of 500, 5.0% to 5.25%. So there's a 96% probability built into the Fed funds future market that that will move up to 525 uh, to 550. Again, 96% chance. Last week, uh, it was 92%. So it moved up a little bit. Pretty much a certainty we're going to get that 25 basis point increase. Then it becomes very interesting what the Federal Reserve does after that and how they signal it. Uh, the expectations now actually increasingly on in the Fed funds future market that we will get the 25 basis point next month or next week as expected. Uh, then after that, the expectation is actually kind of low that we get an additional. So the Fed funds future market, uh, there is a only a 26% odds built in right now that we get two rate increases or keep them by the end of the year. So that would be the 550 to 575. Uh, so you've got a 74% chance that we are 25 basis points higher than we'll be after next Wednesday or even lower than that. So expectation by investors, the Federal Reserve, very close to the end of their tightening cycle, and it could come as early as next Wednesday. So all kinds of good news last week, as I mentioned, inflation, consumer expectations, consumer sentiment. How did the markets react to that? Really favorable. Equity, international equity, and fixed income, we had a rally in all of those sectors. The S&P 500 last week up 2.44%. That was really led by growth again, up uh, 3.6%, and small cap uh, performed uh, up 3.3%. So on a year-to-date basis, uh, the S&P 500 is now up 18.4% as of the end of the day Friday. What's really driven that has been large cap tech, as you might have noticed. They're now calling it the Magnificent 7. We had FANG before. Now it's the Magnificent 7, so it's FANG plus NVIDIA and Meta and maybe one or two others. Total seven uh, that have completely driven returns on the S&P 500, so much so that as of about a month ago, all of the gains in the S&P 500 year-to-date were attributed well, to those seven names. So in response to that, the NASDAQ actually is going to do a rebalance next Monday. It's an interim rebalance, meaning the, it's not on their normal schedule, they haven't done this since 2011. So that's just an indicator uh, of another data point telling you how the breadth in the market has been extremely narrow year to date. Again, large cap growth just driving the returns. So you have a lot of experts, a lot of economists looking forward to the end of the year. And even if they're upbeat on the market, the expectation is you should see some broadening out in terms of uh, positive returns by the rest of the S&P 500 and hopefully for value stocks. So on a year-to-date basis in the U.S., growth stocks up nearly 31%, value up less than 5%. Uh, likewise, small cap uh, year-to-date is trailing large. Large is up 20.7%. Small cap up 13.5%. So International markets, actually even better than the U.S. last week. The MSCI World XUS was up 4.7%. Again, S&P up 2.44. So now on a year-to-date basis, that MSCI XUS World market is up 12.1%. And again, the S&P 500 up 18.4%. So that's good for us, good for our portfolios, as we do overweight the domestic markets relative to our benchmark. 
but uh, it's good to see the uh, international markets coming back uh, with positive, stronger returns than the S&P last week. So last thing, fixed income, big rally in fixed income last week with investors expecting, again, that the Federal Reserve near the end of this tightening cycle. So you had the two-year yield uh, drop 21 basis points. You had the 10-year yield drop 23 basis points. So the U.S. aggregate bond index up last week, very strong, positive 1.5% return. Takes a year to date up to a positive 2.3%. Long government bonds, again, with that 10-year dropping 23 basis point, that index was up 2.4% and now is up 2.7% on a year-to-date basis. So uh, let's talk about the economic activity and data points coming out this week. So it's another busy economic calendar, probably not as eventful as last week, but still we've got uh, two retail sales number coming out, retail sales and retail sales ex-auto. We've got three residential real estate indexes, and of course, as we have every week, uh, initial claims coming out. So expectation on retail sales and retail sales ex-auto is improvement there. So both of those come out tomorrow, Tuesday. Uh, the retail sales are expected to be up a half a percent month over month, and you X out auto, the retail sales are expected to be up 0.3%. And both of those metrics are a positive 0.2% better than we had in the month of May. So improvement expected in retail sales and even retail sales X auto. On the housing side, we'll have housing starts and building permits on Wednesday and then existing home sales on Thursday. Um, this is a bit mixed. Uh, housing starts are expected to come in considerably below where they came in in May, but May seems to be a very abnormal month. Uh, there was no expectation for the strong increase that we saw. It ran about 1.4 million the month of April. Month of May came in at 1,631. Kind of surprised a lot of people, but the expectation for housing starts is that will come back down, or did come back down for the month of June, is expected to come in at 1,475,000. Likewise, building permits expected to come in about the same pace at 1,472,000, just slightly below what we saw in May. And again, the last housing metric we'll get will be on Thursday, again for June, it's existing home sales. Expectation is it'll be a little bit below where it was in the month of May. May was 4.3 million. Expectation for existing home sales, 4.25 million for the month of June. Last metric we'll mention, uh, initial claims coming out, comes out every week. We didn't report this for a long period of time because it was not newsworthy. We, we were running in the low 200,000s, and it was pretty consistent. But five weeks ago, it really picked up from about 220,000 to 260,000 for three consecutive weeks. Now it's leveled back off 230 to 240,000. Last week, 237,000. The expectation for this week, which was the numbers from last week, it's expected to come in at 240000 for new initial claims. So that is it for our economic update date for this week. We thank you very much for your attendance. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you.